where we are today. If things are going so great, though, then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession? No, we're not redefining recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. That's redefining recession. That is White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre answering the question of Peter Ducey of Fox News by not answering the question at all. And with the data out that GDP again fell 0.9%, let's call it a full percent just to play the home game properly. In the second quarter, it's the second straight decline. CNBC saying a strong recession signal. It is the definition of recession. So why are we pretending otherwise? And what is it that the the White House wants to do? They want to crow about a deal between Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Chuck Schumer, which involves another level of billions of dollars of spending. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. Matt Will joins us right now. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And you heard it there right from Corinne Jean-Pierre. The White House would never lie, sir. Two negative uh, uh, or two dips in each quarter of GDP, not recession. How do you respond? Well, okay. I mean, how do you say politely, Tony, when someone's lying? I just want to know. Can you tell me how to say those words in a politically correct manner? Oh, gosh, I don't know how to say anything politically correct, sir. Maybe we haven't met. Okay. Well, uh, she's lying, okay? Because let's say that, quote, we're not in a recession by however they want to define a recession, even though every textbook on the planet says two quarters of negative GDP. And I could give you an exact page of a textbook that is used by economists all over the United States. But read the report this morning, Tony. Private inventories declined. That means companies are not restocking their shelves. Last week, the S&P flash report said companies are manufacturing less. I think less is a decline. I think reducing inventories is a decline. Personal income fell, Tony. It fell according to this GDP report. That means people have less money to spend. I don't know how you define a recession, Tony. I do. But... If manufacturing is declining, purchasing is declining, inventories are declining, your real, your real spending power is declining. I don't know. It looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Maybe it's a duck. Well, let's go over a little bit about how they talk about this duck. This is Brian Deese, who heads up the Economic Advisory Board for Joe Biden on CNBC. Time this morning. Happy to be here. We don't want to devolve into the recession label debate, but I, I do wonder, do you eventually expect the NBER to declare what we're in, a recession? Well, we're certainly in a transition and we are seeing slowing as we all would have expected. But I think if you look at the full data and the type of data that NBER looks at, uh, virtually nothing signals that uh, this period in the second quarter uh, is recessionary, obviously. Nothing signals, virtually nothing signals, that this period in the second quarter is recessionary. That's Brian Deese, the director of the National Economic Council. Dr. Matt Will, is he a liar? Yes. In fact, Tony, I was, I was on my exercise machine this morning, and I watched that entire CNBC segment. He was, even the most radical left-wing people on the show said the second quarter was a disaster. 
They said, some of them said the first quarter was a mulligan. They said, okay, well, that wasn't really recession. But they, even the left-wing economists on the panel said that the second quarter was a disaster. So he's lying, Tony. I mean, I, I guess he could maybe sue me for saying that, but I think I have factual evidence to show it's true. Well, he doubled down on uh, this conversation in a talk about real wages. As you know, we've seen on the wages side, uh, wages are continuing uh, to be solid. They have cooled somewhat over the course of the last three months compared to uh, prior months. We have seen that. I'm sorry, are you laughing? No, I'm outraged because the GDP report, I read it this morning. It said real wages were down. He said he used this term tapering or something. No, real wages were down. So he used, he I believe he used that? the term cooling. He said that they cooling. were cooling. Yes, they're, 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 uh, yes, Tony, I, 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 in my opinion, when things are cooling, that's not a good sign. I want to heat my steak back up. I don't want to eat it cold. But apparently things are cooling, and we should be happy with that. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, this, I, I, I'm with you that we're being lied to. And I'm with you that it is very obvious and very clear that it is a manipulation of data. But take us, take us out of the politics of it and let's get into what it is that the markets are, are signaling, what it is that this GDP slowdown is signaling. When we talk about how it is a problem for Midwest Main Street, how it's a problem uh, for, for Hoosiers like us, for Americans all across the country, talk to me about what this GDP slowing shows you. Well, Tony, they talk about that uh, labor is a good sign, that we still have a good labor market. Well, labor is a lagging indicator. It comes up in the data significantly later. So what we see here is Shopify lays off 10% of their workforce. I think for Main Street America, when 10% of the people lose their jobs, that's a big deal. When Amazon, for the first time in two years, says they have decreased sales, Tony, for the, person, the average person on the street, that means something. That means that they're buying less stuff. And when your wages increase less than inflation, for the person on Main Street, Tony, that means you have less money in your pocket. Okay, you have, you have 7% more money in your pocket, but inflation was 8.2%. So, Tony, you have less money in your pocket. And I think for a person just walking down the street, less money in your pocket's a bad thing. Maybe they would call that a recession. Tony, if I have less money in my pocket... I claim that's a recession by my definition. Forget the economist definitions. If I have less money, I'm in a recession. And that is the argument, of course, between what it is we feel on Midwest Main Street and what D.C. wants to tell us. It's the difference between uh, their words and, and your eyes right there. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. One of the things that you discuss is that the Federal Reserve can raise interest rates. But it doesn't mean anything if spending continues from Congress. The move yesterday to bring interest rates up by three quarters of a percent and that that target rate between 2.25 and 2.5 percent. You happy with this or based on this GDP information, based on where you see inflation going, they're going to have to do it at least one more time. Well, well, Tony, I I like the fact that you're asking me that question, and I think they got to do it one more time. But um there was something that happened yesterday that was worse than the GDP news and totally contradicted. It was schizophrenic because Manchin and Schumer, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but they 
announced something that they knew was going to get below the fold. They knew was going to get pushed to the background when the GDP numbers came out. And that was the biggest disaster yesterday, Tony, was this announcement of tax and spend and tax and spend on top of a $280 billion spending package that was passed earlier in the week. Oh, I was going to get to it. You're you're beating me to the punch. You're talking about the Schumer Mansion deal on reconciliation. It would quote unquote invest more than four hundred billion dollars over ten years. And how it breaks down is a fifteen percent corporate minimum tax to raise three hundred plus billion dollars. They would do more IRS enforcement to raise one hundred twenty-four billion. They would get two hundred eighty-eight billion dollars through negotiating better deals on prescription drugs. And close the carried interest loophole to bring in another $14 billion. That's the tax side. And then the spend side, which is $433 billion, which they claim is investment, includes $369 billion for energy and climate-related products. Before we get into the spending part of it, talk to me about what a corporate minimum tax is. Let's start there. Well, a corporate minimum tax, when you read the proposal, which actually came out last May, and if you look at the proposal, 15% minimum corporate tax rate means that even if you lose money, company, uh, Tony, even if you lose money, your company will have to pay taxes. And the way they're going to do this is they're empowering the IRS to remove your deductions. So, Tony, let's say you spend money on, on um, materials. Well, we're going to reduce that. You, do, you don't get to deduct the cost of materials in your, in your income statement. Tony, is they're giving the IRS the power to call an expense not an expense what administration are we living in where they keep changing the definitions of words what's a woman what's a you know what's a recession what's a, an expense what's an investment you called it an investment tony are you going over to the dark side they're spending this money you're calling i it an use investment? their words don't you don't you even try it <laughs> Young man, I'll, I'll, reach, I'll reach right through the radio. Are you kidding? Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I'm discussing it as it is reported. So, But yeah. when we talk about a 15% corporate minimum tax, what is it an actual tax on? It's actually, you know what, Tony? They claim it's a tax on profits, which is false. Because even if you lose money, they're going to tell you you had a profit. They're gonna, it's tax on revenue. It's really a tax on revenue, Tony. So even if you lose money, they're still going to make you pay taxes. It's a, so no so it's based on what you bring in, not what is an actual earning to the bottom line. That's the fact, but that's not what they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you it's a it's a tax on those gross profits that they make, and they make them overseas. Well, you pay taxes overseas, Tony. Some jurisdictions have a higher tax rates, some have lower tax rates. But they're going to say, we don't care if you pay taxes somewhere else, you're going to pay them again. And if you lost money in the United States, you're still going to pay taxes. Now, where they have another thing is the $14 billion they're going to supposedly raise through closing the carried interest loophole. I, I gave a definition on, on the morning show earlier. I would like a definition from you on carried interest. And how is this not playing into the whole fair share conversation. This is a tax increase on, a, on quite a few Americans. Well, okay, uh, you and I may disagree on this one because I am in favor of closing the carried interest loophole. Uh, Trump was as, as well, but he couldn't get it through because his own party blocked it. But carried interest is when you are a general partner in a private company, you make money two ways. A fee, so you charge usually like a 2% fee, and then you make money based on your share of the profits. So you get a percentage of the profits, usually a 20% of the profits. Well, Tony, 
Currently, that's taxed as a capital gain, not as ordinary income. But it is ordinary income. Yet it's, care, it's counted as a capital gain. So that, that is a loophole that allows you to reclassify your income into a lower tax category. By the way, Tony, I would like taxes reduced. But it is kind of a, 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 a game to switch the category of the income because it's not a capital gain. That is not an accurate statement. So it's the loophole closing is, is okay in my mind. But we still are discussing it, whether you agree or disagree, it's still a tax increase. In the yeah. end, that's an inescapable fact. It is. And in fact, I got to tell you, there's more lying in this proposal because they say that people under 400000 won't have a tax increase. They say that in their one-page document, yet if you're a business owner, Tony, you will have a tax increase because they then go on to say that they're going to eliminate deductions and they're going to enforce tax rules more which means I don't care how much you make. If you're a small business owner, I'm increasing your taxes. Let me go back to 2009. Uh, this was a quote uh, from 2009 from somebody who was kind of well-known. You don't raise taxes in a recession. The last thing you want to do is to raise taxes in the middle of uh, a recession. Yet here we are, not listening to Barack Obama anymore. Those were the good old days. And we have this group wanting to raise taxes in a recession. So the question is between the tax and the spend, which part of this Mansion Schumer deal, this reconciliation that's going to try and get through the Senate, which part of it is worse for the American people? Oh, that that's 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 you know, that's a terrible question, Tony. I can't I can't choose which one of my two children I like more. Come on. They're both bad, not my children. The uh, the, the 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 taxing is of course going to destroy supply. It's going to destroy incentives. You're going to have less stuff to buy. No new stuff. Tony, you know what I want to call their thing? The Inflation Creation Act, because that's what it's going to do, because we're going to reduce the amount of stuff in the economy. We're going to cut the supply via taxes. By the way, we're also cutting supply via winners and losers. We haven't talked about this yet, Tony, but this bill says to, says to Tesla, who makes $9.8 billion profit last year, here, we're going to give you a subsidy. Generac, who made profits, we're giving you a subsidy. SolarEdge, you made profits, we're going to give you a subsidy. This is bad for the economy when you start picking winners or losers. This caused inflation, and they're causing more inflation and more recession. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More coming up. Keep it right here, guys. I'm Tony Katz.